Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Fresh fire is what we're looking at here today. We want to have that in our life and what's going on. What are we learning in this Fresh Fire series? Well, we're rediscovering, rediscovering the central role of the Holy Spirit in every part of the life of the church. Over the centuries, it seems to me, over uh, this time since the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that the church in Western civilization is very dangerously substituting everything man can do for the things that only God can really do. And we're coming back here and saying, let's rediscover the central role of the Holy Spirit in everything that's going on in the church. Let's go back and look at the original patterns. Let's not substitute our patterns. Let's not reinvent what God has already done very well. Can somebody say amen to that? Have you ever thought about that and been amazed that the known world in that day, the known world as the church began, was impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ? There, there were no airplanes. There, were, there was no phone service. There were no cell phones. There was no internet. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was no TikTok. There, there, there were no printing presses. There were no, none of the things we have. And do you understand by the power, the fire, the anointing, the passion of that early church, they preached the gospel to the known world at that time. It's amazing. I say today, we should stop trying to substitute reinvent, reconstruct, and redesign the pattern of the church. And what we need to do is rediscover the pattern of that early church and put it back in our lives again today. Amen? So we're looking at fresh fire. Today, my message is feed the flame. Feed the flame. There is a flame inside of us. Can I help you with something today? There is a stark difference between natural hunger and spiritual hunger. Okay? Pastor, what's the difference? I'm talking about feeding the flame. In natural hunger, the less you eat, the hungrier you become, right? You, you, in America particularly, we're going to eat three meals a day whether we need to or not. We, if, you, if you allow us to in America, you can eat buffets three times a day. Come on, tell the truth. You can go get a buffet breakfast. You can get a buffet lunch. You know, we, uh, COVID shut a lot of things down. Maybe good for our health. We didn't think about that. Uh, but you know, you, you, you know what shut down first with COVID? The buffets. Anybody thought about that? <laughs> so, you know, you know, some people in the King James, Paul said, I buffet my body daily so that I might gain my goal. In, in, in the South, we read that, I buffet my body daily. We, we, see, and so we buffet for breakfast, buffet for lunch, buffet for dinner, buffet snack at night. Come on, tell the truth. And so what happens is, if we miss one meal, we're starving. We invent words like hangry. You know what hangry is? You're angry because you're hungry. We become hangry. We, we've developed new vocabulary. So you see, natural hunger operates in, in, in this regard. If I don't eat, I become more hungry. But spiritual hunger is the exact opposite. With spiritual hunger... The appetite, the flame, think of a flame, think of a fire. I'm talking about feeding the flame. In natural hunger, we lessen it, we're hungrier. Spiritual hunger grows as you feed it. How high can the flame of a fire go? It's all depending on the fuel you put on the fire. 
How intense can the flame become? It all depends on what you put in the fire. You see, the less we feed ourselves spiritually, the lower our appetite becomes. It's a gradual loss. It's a war of attrition that Satan wants to put on us all the time. We become accustomed to it. If we're not feeding the flame of our spiritual life, then that fire goes down. Let's read about some of these things today. So I want you to see this, this, this need to what? To continually follow this pattern that God's given us. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 15. Ephesians 5, 15. Now, I, I want to look at the, uh, the Amplified uh, translation because it has some, some insight for us here. All right? So we've got this pulled up for you to follow if you don't have that readily available. Uh, Ephesians 5, 15. We're talking about feeding the flame, fresh fire in our lives as believers. Verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately. Look at this information. Not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Okay? How many of you, like me, want to be a wise, sensible, intelligent person? Okay? What do the rest of you want to be? I'm going to give you another chance. How many people want to be that person? Let me see your hand. At least act wise. Thank you. All right. Let's keep going. Making the very most of time. This is what wisdom does. Making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. See, here's what happens. Without this Holy Spirit perspective, do we live in evil days? Yes, we do. I think more than they've ever been in any lifetime recently. Evil day. But instead of us walking around talking about how evil it is, instead of everybody fussing and cussing and complaining about how bad it is, God says, look for the opportunities that are embedded in the moments that you live in. Okay? Everybody with me? Now, my phone keeps jumping around. All right. So let's let's watch this. Okay? Now, let me me go down. My phone keeps turning off here. See, I I don't trust technology. Okay. Verse 16. Making the most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish. It's a pretty strong language. Look at this. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. How many of you, like your pastor, want to live in the will of God? I want to grasp it. Okay? So tell me, what is the will of the Lord? He's he's taking us right through there. Verse 18. What is the will of God? Do not get drunk with wine. I haven't lost my place. I'm pausing for effect. There's too many places in America where the church is getting pickled. Some have been putting the flame out with alcohol. I'm going to keep reading. But watch the contrast. Because there are substitutes that are being embraced at the expense of the genuine. How many want me to finish today? Do not get drunk with wine, that for that is debauchery. That's not my word. But in place of that, if you're feeding the flame, but ever, ever be filled and stimulated 
with the Holy Spirit. Do you see th th this word, uh, the King James says, be filled with the Holy Spirit here. This is ever because the, 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 the Greek word there is a present and continuous tense verb. In other words, the most literal translation is be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time encounter. Man, doesn't it get quiet in the church when you talk about substitutes? Well, I think I feel it coming on. Now, see, I can preach with an organ. You just don't know it. I just don't do it. But I can do it. Verse 19. I'm going to go on since we're here. So what do we do? What's the will of God? Don't take a substitute in place of the genuine. Don't fill my life with something when I could be filled again and again with the Holy Spirit. And when you begin to live like that, then verse 19 says, you're to speak out to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart to the Lord at all times and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Be, look at this, and I'm going to stop after this. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. See, we begin to get along with each other, love each other, speak to each other, encourage one another. Not fight who's on top of each other because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, there, there is a place for, for, for this in the church. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And verse 6, 2 Timothy 1, 6. And I also want to read this from the Amplified Translation. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7. Now, we've read a couple of these verses before. Let's just read them again here today. I'll not, you know, exegete these like we did in the previous message. But, but, but I want you to see this. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 6. That is why I would remind you to stir up. We're feeding the flame today. Remember that? This is why I remind you to stir up. Rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God. There is, there is this declaration to, to the church where God is saying, you and I have this wonderful privilege. Everybody with me? I want you to hear this. We have this wonderful privilege that we can live with a fresh anointing and presence of God in our life. It's not a job. It's a joy. It's not a burden, it's a blessing. It's not a have to, it's a get to. Is anybody with me right now? See, there, there is this sense that God is saying, there's a flame in you that will transform your life, that will refire your first love, that will cause you not to have to pray, but want to pray. Where the Word of God is not dry, but blessed when you read it. Do you understand what I'm saying? When your joy is there. So he says, what do I need to do? I need to take care of this wonderful relationship God's given me. And the way that I do it is that I, like a fire, I feed it. I rekindle this. Are you, are you with me? I fan this flame. I keep it burning, see, and what is this? The gracious gift of God. Here it is. Do you see this? The inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. He's saying, Timothy, God wants to do something. God has a plan for you. Calvary, every individual. Can I give you some good news? God has a plan for you. 
God has a purpose for you. God had wrote something about you while you were in your mother's womb. And he said, what I want to do in them, through them, for them is so amazing. They can't do it without me. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? And if they will feed the flame, I will continually show them what my plan is for your life. See, I can tell you today, right now, I want to help you with something. There is something in the deepest part of your being that is hungry for more of God. And do you know that if we do not identify that, we will feed it with counterfeits and substitutes. How many are hearing what I'm saying right now? I want to tell you something. I'm going to save some marriages right now. I'm going to save some futures right now. That unsettledness in your marriage is not because your spouse isn't what you thought they would be. It's because you've been looking to a man or a woman to feed a flame that only the Spirit of God can feed on the inner side of your life. Do you know these young young single people, let me help you with something. This sits inside of you that I have to find a companion. I have to be validated. I have to have someone tell me that I'm pretty, that I'm handsome, that I'm strong, that I'm smart. Is a hunger on the deepest part of you. And I'm telling you, don't try to feed it with a natural human physical relationship. But determine in your heart, I am chosen, I'm selected. I belong to God. I'm the apple of his eye. He carved my name on the palm of his hand. A mother could forget the child nursing at her breath before God could forget who I am. My validation, my hunger, my desire, my passion is not something this world can satisfy. It's the flame inside my spirit. Anybody with me on this thing today? See, there's a hunger that will come in your heart and your life and God will satisfy that if we will allow him to. See, too often, we look at the Holy Spirit as an event instead of a relationship. We've been taught in some theological circles that that salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are the same thing. That's not the New Testament pattern. The Holy Spirit enters your life at salvation. All of the Holy Spirit is in your life at salvation. But then we read the book of Acts pattern again and again and again. They find a new gathering of believers. They said, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? What's happened in your life? Can I tell you that when I'm born again, when you're born again and the Holy Spirit begins to dwell inside of us, what an incredible gift. The nature of God is there living in our life. But can I give you some really, really good news? There's more. There's greater encounters. There's there's a release of that Holy Spirit that's living in you and through you. And and, and it's not a one-time event. Some of you that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and prayed in heavenly tongues and and been allowed by the Holy Spirit to to access God's presence in that way with with praying in tongues. Can I tell you something? Just because you got baptized in the Holy Spirit 30 years ago doesn't mean you don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit today. Just because I was baptized in the Holy Spirit last month doesn't mean I don't need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit today. Anybody with me? It's a journey. It's not a one-time thing. See, what happens to us, we, we uh, with our human efforts, even religious efforts, uh, to solve the issues we're facing today, it's not that the idea is wrong. In fact, they're so close to being right that they distract us from what we really need. See, what I really need is fresh fire. What the church really needs is to feed the flame. And, but, but, but see, we look at the issues going on around us, 
And, and, and something needs to be done. It should be done. And, and, and we need help and grace in our nation today. But, but can I tell you something? Uh, you know, we say, well, what am I going to do? Here, here, here's a problem. We're, we're going to pass a law. We need good laws. We, we need to change this so we're, we're going to pass a law. I, 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 I'm, I'm for good laws. I'm, I'm for good government. There are things we need to do. They, they're, they're so close to being right that, that they distract us. But, but what we have to understand is that we can pass laws. Don't misunderstand me. And we need to pass good laws. But what we need first is to have our hearts changed. To have fresh fire on the altar. To see that God shifts and changes us. Because you know for every law that's passed, somebody's going to break it. (laughs) For everything that we tell somebody they ought to do, they're not going to do. Unless there's been transformation in their heart. And, 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 And if the church says, you know, we've got to create new methods to reach unchurched people. We, we, we've got to be welcoming and loving and kind. Well, we need to be welcoming and loving and kind. And we need, to, we need to do everything we can to reach people that don't know Christ. But can I tell you something? Trying to make the church a place that fits in a culture that doesn't love God is making a mistake. What we do is not hide who he is, not send the Holy Spirit to a back room, not deny the cross, not weaken the preaching of the gospel. What we need to do is say, there is a great God who loves you so much that he will walk in your life who you are, where you are, and change you in that moment. It is the truth that sets us free. And if we compromise the truth in an effort to connect with a culture, we have robbed that culture of truth. And we have missed the most important thing. Fan the flame. Fan the flame. Feed the flame. Fresh fire. It's not a one-time situation. It's, it's, it we, can, can I tell you something? We need to give God an opportunity to be God. We, it's like we, we, we're afraid of, of, of what's going to happen if we don't acquiesce to, you know, to what's going on around us. Can I tell you something? Every time the church substitutes something man can do for what God can do better, you know what we're doing? We're not giving God an opportunity to show himself real. I have people say, oh, we have to be careful. We have to be careful. If you go to church and the Holy Spirit moves, people won't understand. Right. Because a carnal-minded man doesn't get the things of God. But the Spirit teaches us all things. Uh, Listen, I didn't understand everything that happened to me when I got saved. I didn't understand why I was feeling what I was feeling, but I was feeling what I was feeling. The night I got saved, I wasn't comfortable. I was uncomfortable in church because I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. You understand? I didn't get saved because I was happy and slappy. And everybody told me, I'm okay, you're okay. I didn't get saved because people told me, oh, God understands. It's all good. I got saved because the Holy Spirit convicted me and put a mirror in front of my face in the Word of God and said, George Sawyer, you're lost. You're bound. You're going to hell. And I made a choice. God, I don't want that. I'm tired of being lost. I'm tired of lying to myself. I'm tired of running from you. I'd like to start running to you right now. I'm tired of the direction I'm in, and God help me. God save me. You, you, you understand, we just need to give God an opportunity. 
we, we don't want to pray for miracles anymore because the, the people say, well, well, what if it doesn't happen? Why don't we just give God an opportunity? We're afraid to tell lost people that Jesus can save them. Well, what if they say no? Well, let's give God an opportunity. Anybody still with me today? We need to feed the flame. We need to let God be God. We need to trust in Him and allow Him to be everything that we need. See, we, we've tried, we, we think in the church today, we think that everything will change if we get a new fact. When what we really need is a new flame. <laughs> we keep wanting a new theology. I could, okay, let me keep going here. Let's go back to Acts 4.29. Acts 4.29. How many are finding that with me? Acts 4.29. See, I believe that God is ready to do some magnificent things in your life and my life. Can somebody say amen? I believe that God is ready to step in and show this nation how big he is and great he is and show people his grace and his mercy and his power. I believe God's looking for an opportunity to be God. I believe he just wants to say, will somebody let me be me? Will somebody trust me? Can you, Church, will you feed the flame and leave the results to me? Here we are in, in Acts chapter 4. Just two Chapters before, everybody that we're about to read about had been filled with the Holy Spirit. They had an incredible encounter with God. But in Acts chapter 3, we looked at this recently. Peter and John are going to the temple to pray. There's a lame man. They pray for the lame man. The lame man gets healed. A miraculous creative miracle. He jumps up and runs into the temple shouting and praising God. That never had anybody shout and praise God because they'd never seen a miracle in that temple. <laughs> and so they... Arrest them. And so we got to decide what to do with these people. We killed Jesus and we thought it was over. We crucified Jesus and thought it was done. And they said, I can tell these men have been with Jesus. I thought Jesus was gone. Well, Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send another one just like me, the Holy Spirit. And they said, it's like they've been in with Jesus. What are we going to do with them? They said, we don't know what to do with them. Let's threaten them. So they beat them and told them, don't you ever come back around here talking about Jesus healing his sick. And he said something we may have to remember in this day and time. He said, you choose for yourself, whether it's right, to obey God or man. We're going to obey God. So they release him. So what do you do when you've been beaten, you've been jailed, it's unjust, they shouldn't have been there, the law was violated, they threatened them. What's our first response? What's our first response? Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. What's their first response? Verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. What's the first response? When the enemy has treated you unfairly, when he's used human instruments to do what is wrong, when what has been done is unjust, when what has been done is unfair, when it is intimidating and fearful and threatening, what do we do? They raised their voices in prayer. They said, you know what we need? We need protection. We need this. We need that. They were wrong. But what I need first and most, I must feed the flame of the Holy Spirit in my life. And what happens when you do that? Verse 31. After they prayed, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled. Wait, they just got filled in chapter 2. Now here they're getting filled in chapter 4. Uh, the place they were in was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You know what happens every time the enemy throws a crisis in your face? You just have an invitation to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. 
You know that every time the enemy tries to put the flame out, God says, I'm ready to light the flame up. Every time the world tries to steal this from us, God is more than able, more than ready, more than uh, capable of doing this. Listen, church family, a believer, a believer can face extreme temptation. The enemy knows how to throw something in your path that will wreck and ruin you, that will destroy you. How many hear what I'm saying? The devil knows your weakness. The devil knows where he's had you before. The devil knows what he can do to push your button. And believers can be tempted. But what is the solution when the enemy comes at me with the same old thing that used to always work in my life? My first response is God feed the flame. God feed the flame. God light a new fire in me. God put a new passion in me. The the enemy may try to tempt you. See, the enemy may want you to neglect your gift. See, somebody might say, I, I, I'm not using my gift. I, I don't have a place to use my gift. I'm not being recognized. Feed the flame, feed the flame, feed the flame. When it's time for your gift to shine, it'll shine. Feed the flame, feed the flame. Is anybody with me? We may misunderstand why we go to work every Monday. Well, I go to work to bring home the bacon. Part of it. I go to work because what I do, that's part of it. But you go to work to carry Jesus into the marketplace. You go to work to, to, to witness of him. The way I work, how I work, what I do. Literally, I believe when we go to work and we go in the marketplace and we recognize that if I do everything is unto the Lord. If I do this is unto my God. If I work the way he wants me to work. If I do what I'm supposed to do. I'm literally worshiping God at work. I'm bringing my worship to work. Is anybody listening with me? We've got to move Jesus out of the church house and take him where we work. We've got to take him in our school. We've got to honor him by the way we do that. Well, pastor, you don't know where I work. I may not, but the God I know knows where you work. Well, pastor, you don't know what I face there. God knows what you face there. And this is what his word said. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. You let the enemy come at you and work, and God will come to work with you. You begin to determine in your heart, I'm going to feed the flame, go to school, get an education, work hard at your job, improve yourself. But first thing every day, feed the flame of the Holy Spirit in your life. We've got to understand, here we are. Look in Acts chapter 13 with me. Here's, you know, these, these folks, every time you read, you read through the book of Acts, and it would be a good exercise for us during this time. You're going to see them filled and filled and filled and filled and filled again. It's the pattern of the New Testament church. Acts chapter 13, verse number 9. I, I, I like this. <laughs> there was a, uh, uh, I probably should have backed up, but th- there was a Jewish sorcerer, uh, a false prophet, okay? And he came against Paul uh, for what they were preaching and Barnabas, all right, and, and tried to, uh, to cause people to think they were fake and counterfeit and, and to discourage people from coming. Verse 9, Acts 13, 9. What did Paul do? What did he do? What's the first thing? Then Saul, who is also called Paul, what does it say next? This is a talking about previous. At that moment, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was confronted by this false prophet, this sorcerer, this male witch, this demon-possessed envoy from hell. And what did he do? Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, 
looked straight at Elamis and said, You are a child of the devil. Jesus. I hadn't heard a preacher say that in 30 years. I'm going to keep going. You're a child of the devil. See, we'd stop calling people devils and call the devil devil, call him out, then, okay. My mic's fighting me today, sorry. He says, sorry, I'm driving these guys crazy back there because this thing's going up and down. It's, it's good. He said, he looked at him, you're a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. See, he understood the problem. He understood it was a spiritual issue. Are you with me? He understood that this man was just a puppet representing the principalities. He understood the issue, and he confronted that. You're a child of the devil, an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you'll be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed. Yeah, I would too. He believed. For he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Do you understand that when the enemy does his best, we need to feed the flame. When God has been good and we've seen him work, but we face a new encounter, we need to feed the flame. When we begin to find ourselves in a setting, in a moment where there, there, it seems like there's nothing we can do to change it, we must feed the flame. Do you know that when that happens, people come to Christ? The proconsul, the man that had been under the control of Elamis of Sorcerer, was set free and accepted Jesus. Why? Because the fire of the Holy Spirit confronted the reality of the enemy. Mom and dad, can I tell you something? The enemy wants to steal and kill our family. But when our children encounter the reality of Jesus through the flame burning in our life. I believe God is going to set people free when people come to Calvary and worship and are impacted by the presence of God. I believe He's going to set people free. See, we have to feed the flame. It's important that we do that. And as we do that, let, let, let me just give you a couple of things here. Do you know what happens as a result of that? Here's the good thing. How many of you, when you first got saved... Did you feel like, my Lord, everything I've done is wrong up until now? Do you ever feel that way? I started looking at my life. I said, everything I did is wrong. What am I going to do? And I kind of got overwhelmed with, God, what am I supposed to do? What are the right things? How am I supposed to respond? How am I supposed to talk? What am I supposed to say? And I almost missed it. When I first got saved, I, I was just trying not to do something wrong. Anybody remember that? That's a hard way to live. My salvation, at the end of each day, I kind of did the inventory. Okay, how many times did I blow it today? You know, okay, God, I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry I did that. Oh, I'm sorry I did this. And my life began to be not doing wrong. But as things went along, I had some good counsel, some good direction. I'm getting into Word. I'm praying, beginning to grow. And I realized the Christian journey is not about just don't do things that are wrong. It's about drawing as close to Jesus as I can. And I changed my whole focus. Instead of trying not to do wrong, I just ran to God every day. And you know what began to happen to me? The wrong things began to come off my life. The bad things began to shift away from me. I, was, I didn't know it. I didn't have words for it. But I was feeding the flame. 
And as I fed the flame, guess what was happening? The flame was changing me. My nature was changing. My desires are changing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know how you live for Jesus? Not running from the devil, running to God. You know how your Christian life becomes a joy? Running to God, loving his presence, walking with him. You know, when I began to hang out with him, I began to become like him. When I began to see him every day, I began to be changed into who he was. Instead of running from God thinking he's mad at me, he wants to get me, I began to find out he's for me and not against me. He's on my side, not against me. He's wanting me close, not far away. I learned even when I made a mistake, instead of hiding from God, run to God. When I blew it, go right at it. You know what happens with the Holy Spirit burning when you feed the flame? Let me say it this way. When you feed the flame, it puts the holy back in Holy Spirit. (laughs) Anybody heard what I just said? When you feed the flame, he puts the holy back in the Holy Spirit. Now listen, I, I'm thankful for grace and mercy. I just, I just told you how that works. I'm thankful for that. But it's almost like now, come on, the less the church relies on the power of the Holy Spirit, the more excuses we make for not living like we should. Anybody, anybody understand what I'm saying? The, 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 the colder we become... The less fire inside, the more we begin to compromise why we're not living like we were living when the fire was burning. Anybody with me today? See, feed the flame and the holy gets back in the Holy Spirit. Now, holiness, did you know the Bible says without holiness no one will see the Lord? I want to say that again. Without holiness no one will see the Lord. That's not just talking about in heaven someday, that's right now. How many want to be with the Lord right now? But you understand that holiness is not legalism. So the church took that beautiful invitation to his presence and then turned it into an outward rules and regulation. How you know what I'm talking about? You ever been in that legalism stuff? It's fear motivated. God's going to get you. God's looking out for you right now. If you sin one time, you're going to split hell wide open. If you just think a thought, you lost your salvation. You, I remember, you remember David Grant talking about his sweet dad. His dad's church, he said, his dad would preach on the rapture. The Lord's coming back at any moment. Could be right now. And no one's going to go. <laughs> Unless you're at the altar whining, praying, praying, repenting at the moment. And you've got an outside chance right there. We live like that. Dear God, don't let me. You understand what I'm saying? So then we had to make all the rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't say that. How many ever read the rules? How many ever been told the rules? And then the crazy thing was you go to different church. I got different rules. Which one am I supposed to do? This one says, don't go there. Don't say that. Don't do this. And you're like, okay, okay, because I want to go to heaven. I mean, I, you know, I love Jesus. I want to do the right thing. Whew. And you get a job transfer and you go to another town. You find a church and they give you a whole another set of rules. Don't do that. Don't, well, they said, no, don't look. Don't do this thing. Help me, Jesus. We, we, we got so many rules. You know, you scare people to death. I, I was going to baptize a lady in water. She said, Pastor, my friends told me at the other church that if you didn't say this this way, I wasn't saved. I said, dear God, you got saved before you ever got here, lady. I'm not going to save you. That's not the blood of Jesus in that tank. It's water. But you were so afraid, I said, I'm going to give you the whole deal tonight. She said, what? I'm going to say everything they said, and I'm going to say what I usually say, and you're going to get the whole thing. And if they bug you and said, did I say it? You go back, and you say, he said it, and you're saved. 
legalism. It's based on fear and rules. But holiness is based on relationship and love. It's based on the love of God. See, holiness is not what I do because I have to. It's who I became because of who He is. He changed me from the inside out. It's a relationship. I've been captured by His love and His grace. I keep His word because I love Him. I pray because I need Him. I read my word because I want to know what He said. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Anybody with me on this thing today? That's holiness. I, it's relationship. You know how men men brag. And now I'm going to bless the men next week, but let me punch you a little bit today. You know how men kind of got that ego and they brag, especially the young. You know, we we think we're bulletproof. Everybody thinks he's Romeo, handsome ladies, man, all that stuff. And you know, the first one of your of your gang that that falls in love is going to get married. The rest of them are like, what? You're going to get married. You mean you're going to live with one woman for the rest of your life? Like you got a hundred chasing you down. Let me go on. You know, you used to have a little black book. Now they got it on the phone. You know, they never let you look at that black book because there's nothing in it. Only woman's name in their black book was grandma, mama, aunt, somebody. You're acting all bad. <laughs> you're going to live with one woman? Not me. I can't believe you're just going to the rest of your life. I'm not going to jail. About a year later, they finally fall in love. Got that ring on her finger walking around. I guess they just walked right into jail, didn't they? Here's the difference. When I met Phyllis... Under the grace of God, she wouldn't have looked at me had I not known Jesus. And in his wisdom and his will and his incredible blessing, I met this woman of God. And I fell in love with her. I want to tell you something. Didn't feel like jail to me. Felt like a blessing to me. Can I say it in church? I married her so I could kiss her anytime I wanted to. And I have exercised my privilege over the years. Come on, anybody with me? Tell the truth. And so my faithfulness to her, like my holiness to God, are you with me? It's not based on fear or rules. I don't have to have somebody follow me around. She doesn't need a private detective. You don't have to tap my phone and read my email because I love her. And it's not a job, it's a joy to me. I wake up in the morning, I say, God, thank you for the gift of my wife. I think about her during the day. What can I do for her today? How can I make her life better today? I've learned how to do things that my mama never taught me. My mama spoiled me. Some of you need to quit being mama boy. Now, I'll bless you next week. Let me help you this week, all right? I had a stay-at-home mom. She washed the dishes. She washed my clothes. I don't think I ever made a bed up. God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I, I did get up and roll. You understand? Never thought about it twice. I never cleaned the house. I couldn't cook a Pop-Tart. I got married, but because I love this woman, she didn't say, now sit down. You're going to learn to do some things. I just watched her. 
And I watched her love me and serve. And I watched her serve this church. And I watched when the children came. And I began to think, even through this decade, I ought to do some of that. She's worked all day long. And now she's in this house. So I started paying attention. I, I can load and unload a dishwasher. I learned how to use a vacuum cleaner. I don't know what that thing was. I still can't cook much. But I can feed myself. She always takes care of me. You know why? Because I love her. I don't have to slip around. I love her. Are you with me? That's holiness. That's how it is to God. I don't want what I used to have. I don't need what I used to have. I don't want that junk anymore. Why would I settle for a substitute when I could be in the presence of God? Why would I play it both ways when I could have him all the time? Why would I come to church on Sunday and worship and run out on Monday and act like a fool? Why would I mix it? Why would I water it down? See, the Holy Spirit will put the holy back in the Holy Spirit. It's not legalism. It's holiness. It's, it's the fresh fire. It's me knowing the goodness and the blessing of God. Oh, I, 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 need, to, I need to wrap it up right here. Stand. Come on, stand with me. Stand. I want everybody to stand. Worship team, come. Oh, I, I had the best part of my sermon I didn't get to today. And, I, and, and I'll have to wait two weeks because i got another one for Father's Day next week. Poor Phyllis. She'll get preaching for two weeks now. Hey, listen. How many of you are ready to feed the flame in this house today? Ready to feed the flame. How many of you want to love God because you've got a relationship with Him? Because something is there that means to you. See, when you begin to obey God because you want to, it changes everything. When you ever get out of religion and start having a relationship, it'll change everything in your life. Do you know where that habit's going to be broken? When you love God more than you love that habit. Do you know when that temptation is not going to trip you up anymore? When you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good and you'd rather have His presence than all these other things in your life. Anybody with me right now? See, it changed my life. The the presence of God, the holiness of God. I don't have anything in my life that compares to His presence. Do you? Have you ever found anything to compare to the presence of God? Where you walk in and he loves you and accepts you. And you walk in and the breath of heaven is working on your life. Oh, I'm not trading that. It's a joy. Church family, these things that are hanging you up and tripping you up, feed the flame. Feed the flame. You don't have to remember a thousand things. Remember one thing. Feed the flame. Get up in the morning. Feed the flame. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, thank you. I praise you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Can anybody say today he saved your life? Saved your life. He saved my life. He saved my life. I would have been foolish. I would have made mistakes. Come on, anybody with me right now? I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to put someone first. I didn't know how to do the right thing. I'm thankful for what he saved me from today. He gave me a life. He gave me a life. Sir, if your family respects you today, it was Jesus who gave you that life. If you're an honorable person, ma'am, it was God who made you honorable. If every good thing in your life, if you'll find that it was something the Holy Spirit did in your life. Feed the flame. Feed the flame. God at Calvary, we want you to feed the flame. Come on, anybody with me in that? God, I want you to feed the flame. Lord, I want to know you like I've never known you. I want to love you like I've never loved you. Lord, I want to walk in holiness, not because it's some old churchy religious you know, legalism. I want to walk close to you because I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Come on, isn't that the way it was? 
Isn't that the way? That's the way it goes. I remember I, I, I had had girlfriends, but I, I, I fell in love when I met Phyllis. I didn't want to talk with anybody else. Isn't that, come on, you better remember that? You get on the phone and, and you know, get on that phone, you say, okay, who's going to say goodbye first? Remember that? You, I don't want to, I don't want to say first. You say it first. You, why? You just couldn't talk enough. And, and Phyllis was young when I met her. So her dad had some guidelines for us. I spent a lot of time sitting on the front porch swing at their house with the light on. Understand what I'm saying? I'd rather be on the front porch swing with the light on than anywhere else. Come on, anybody with me right now? Why? Because I loved her. All I needed was her. I didn't need anything else. That's all I needed. You know what? You feed the flame and you begin to discover, God, you'll look up. And you know that thing that used to trip you up? That, listen, that thing you've been making an excuse about? You've been so, I, I can't help it, I'm just human. Well, that's why he came and filled you with the Holy Spirit. But he's superhuman. I'm just natural. He's supernatural. So I'm not just talking about healings and miracles. Are you with me? And these sensational things, we believe in every bit of that. I'm talking about day-to-day life. Going to work. Going to school, coming in, doing what I do. Fill me, God. Fill me, God. Fill me, God. Feed the flame. Feed the flame. I want you to feed the flame right now. And as you do, as we worship, we're going to worship. Come on, guys. We're going to worship. And as we begin to worship in your heart, I want you to begin to say, Lord Jesus, I'm feeding the flame. I'm feeding the flame. I want, to, I want you to know what I'm praying over for you, I'm fasting over for you. I'm praying, God, baptize. Calvary and the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm praying for. God baptized Calvary in the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I want the Holy Spirit. Remember I, I talked about water baptism? You got to surrender. You got to let him take you under, take you up. I pray this church not only gets spirit filled, we get spirit filled. What does that mean? I mean, it's just all over everywhere. Everybody walks in and says, what is going on in this place? You go home and your family that doesn't love Jesus says, what in the world has happened to them? It's everywhere. Lord, baptize us everywhere, up, down, all around. Just, just overwhelm I'm praying God baptized Calvary in the Holy Spirit. I'm in agreement with you. He wants to do it right now. Feed the flame. Feed the flame. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.